Welcome to this week's episode of CX Cast. This is Sam Stern, joined not as always by Jenny Wise. She is not in studio with us today, but she'll be back. Don't worry, listeners. We are joined in studio by Principal Analyst Rick Parrish. Hi, Rick. Good to see you in person. Hey, happy to be here. We wanted to talk to you about CX management maturity. This is something that on the customer experience team at Forrester, we've written about for probably 10 years or so Mm -hmm. in a formalized way. You've claimed the mantle for the last few years on organizing our CX management maturity research. So can you start us at the beginning? What Mm -hmm. is it? What do we mean by CX management maturity? And how do we know that what goes into our model matters? Sure, sure. So CX management is the key activities that an organization has to perform in order to provide great CX reliably and efficiently. The way I often say it is that there are plenty of ways to provide a great customer experience briefly, (laughs) accidentally, or expensively. But you don't want that. You want to provide it reliably and efficiently. And the CX management model lays out the activities you have to perform and how you have to perform them in order to do that efficiently in particular caught my attention in your Mm -hmm. definition because I think of what USAA or someone like that might call culture-driven heroics where the inefficiency isn't even money, it's in what you're doing to your people or Mm -hmm. expecting of your people. Absolutely. And I hear from a good number of companies who want to tell me those stories. They want to try to impress me by telling me about all this stuff, the extra stuff that their employees do and this and that. And that is not impressive. That's disastrous. Right. Okay. So how do we know that this is what matters most to Mm -hmm. CX? And is that sort of the lens by which we look at some of these activities through it, if it enables that consistency and efficiency? Exactly. The goal is efficient, consistent achievement of your CX vision. That's the idea. In fact, when we visualize CX management, we visualize the components of CX management in an aperture or rate around a CX vision. The idea is this is all in service to great CX. And of course, your vision is your definition of great CX. Okay, so assume a CX vision That's and right. then build a mature set of activities around it that enable you to bring that CX vision to fruition. That's right. And to answer your actual question about how we know this is what to do, what we've done is this is the third generation of the model. And so we've been doing this for, you said about about 10 years or so we've, we've had models. And it's based on our quantitative and qualitative work with hundreds and hundreds of clients across years of thousands of research reports, et cetera, we pull it all together. For a little while, I tried adding up the uh, likely personnel hours involved, the average number of hours in a report, the number of reports that went into it, uh, consulting, advisory, et cetera. And it was getting to be a a big number, (laughs) a sort of a six digit number. And I thought, I think, I think, I think we're good. (laughs) Yeah, right. We've um, done the due diligence. Exactly right. So that, that's it is from all the ways that we engage with companies around the world, all different sectors and industries for research and for, for all the things that we do for them. That's how we pulled this all together. And we've looked at those companies that achieve what we're talking about here consistently, reliably, efficiently great CX. And we figured out that's what they're doing. And so that's what the model's about. Got it. Can you give us one or two or maybe even more, but one or two examples of some of these key activities and what they look like when they're done the right way? We organize these activities in what we call six competencies, the six competencies of CX management. And they are research, customer research, prioritization, design, enablement, measurement, and culture. Okay. Can you tell us enablement might not be intuitive to people? Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, Enablement is providing uh, employees with the right resources, the training, the tools, the information that they need to provide the experience as designed. Because it's a a whole different skill set between designing an experience and then actually making that experience go. 
Right. At the employee level, the management maturity is almost experienced through the enablement, right? Like, it's, yes. do I have everything I need to do this consistently and efficiently? That's right. It's exactly right. And since yeah. you asked about some of the, the activities in particular, maybe enablement's maybe a good place to, to start by describing a couple of them. One of the enablement activities is providing employees, you know, with the tools and the training and the resources that they need to provide great CX. And one of the interesting things that we find is that when we ask employees, if that's true, if they are getting the tools and the training and the resources that they need, um, some, you know, some percentage say yes, uh, but a lot say no. And the more senior level the person we ask, the more likely they are to say yes, mm. which I think is a fascinating finding. And it says a lot, not just about different companies, but about uh, workplace culture and about attitudes and about, you know, really the level of knowledge about what it's like to be a frontline employee. Yes. Great anecdote right? that at the senior level, everything is rosy. How does this fit into everything else that we think <laughs> about and write about in terms of customer experience? Because if I'm sure. right in thinking about this, for example, journey mapping is not officially defined into mm-hmm. management maturity. Well, for starters, we have a, a CX transformation playbook yep. that is oriented around the maturity model. For instance, there's a series of reports for improving the maturity of your research, a series of reports for improving the maturity of your culture, et cetera, et cetera. And so we actually break it down into three levels of maturity, beginner, intermediate, advanced. Right? And so we have reports that help you get to each one of those levels. And within those reports, this where we certainly get down to some of those more detailed kind of tools and techniques. And then the much wider range of research that we produce, of course, you know, we produce over 100 reports a year of original primary research. And so they're not all in the playbook, but all of the other things that we are researching about and writing about play into here in some way. So for instance, journey mapping, customer journey mapping is a research output. It's a design input. And so in that regard, what we write about is one of the, the research activities is creating compelling research outputs that are helpful to employees for improving experiences. And so customer so journey almost, maps would be one. Almost always that the answer or part of the answer in that mm-hmm. to that competency is journey mapping. Absolutely. Exactly. But we just don't want to make it literally, you must follow this exact recipe. That's exactly it. And this is one of the things we, we find is I, I do a lot of research on other CX management maturity models that are out there under different names, you know, in the world. And one of the things I've found is that some of them seem to think that complexity is a virtue in itself mm. and it isn't. We've created a model that is as complicated as it needs to be, but no more so. And it is at that strategic level. A lot of times what companies get into thinking about, CX managers about things that you have, this kind of software, that kind of deliverable, et cetera. But CX management is not about things you have, it's about things you do. The power of a model like this is taking it and making it your own. Yeah. Okay, great. How should the people listening to this take advantage of it and use it in the right way? So it's not, mm-hmm. you know, not trying to convert it to their own checklist or sure. not trying to have it be overly prescriptive, but also not have it be so strategic and vague that it's not helpful. Absolutely. Well, the first thing you've got to do is you can actually take the self-assessment from the Forrester Playbook, CX Transformation Playbook. The report that we published it in is called Gauge Your CX Management Maturity. And there's a link right there. Mm. You can take the assessment. And it provides you a brief readout, but that will help you get a kind of thumbnail look at your state of CX management. But what you've really got to do is you've got to take this self-assessment and you've got to field it as widely as possible within your organization. Because half of the value of it is actually figuring out the state of CX management. You know, how, how are we and, in research? How are we in measurement, et cetera? But the other half of the value 
is in seeing those different perspectives. Like I said a couple minutes ago, right, between senior and, and frontline staff, right, and using the model as a change management tool in itself in that fashion. For instance, if a senior person says, yes, we provide you with the right tools and training and information, and a frontline staff say, no, you don't, well, who's right and who's wrong? It isn't about that. It's about coming together from those two perspectives around an authoritative model and saying, okay, why do we have those different perspectives? What do we need to do? And using the tool in that way. One of the things I often say is, is that some of these activities, there is no right or wrong answer, like that one, for instance. But in other ones, there are right and wrong answers. But even if people give you the wrong answer, that's important to know. So for instance, one of the measurement activities is, do we provide insights into the data with actionable advice for employees to use? Now, it may be objectively true that the company does that. And most employees may answer no. Right. We've just learned something really important, which is that you may do it, but nobody's using it because they don't know it exists. So that's what I recommend is have as many people as possible take the assessment. I do this a lot with clients. It's really fascinating to see them work through the model and then crunch the data and really see how CX management and the perception of CX management are distributed across the organization. Is there an area where uh, one of the practices that stands out to you is almost always being a source of discrepancy? Sure. So the one I mentioned, uh, providing the tools and training right. and resources. Another one I see is one of the culture activities has to do with reinforcing customer-centric behaviors and customer-facing employees tend to say, yes, we do that. Behind-the-scenes employees tend to say, we don't. And I think that reflects the reality that even in companies that do tend to have strong customer-centric cultures where they reward customer-centric behavior, it does tend to be only for customer-facing employees, but it should be for everyone. That's a real wake-up call for a lot of companies that think that they have very strong customer-centric cultures, and they see the people in sales say, yes, we do this, and the people behind the scenes say, no, we don't. Yeah, that's a great example. You've had a lot of people take the survey, mm -hmm. fill out the assessment. You've done mm -hmm. it with a lot of companies. What is the state of CX management maturity today? <laughs> right. Well, the state of CX management maturity today is um, not great. <laughs> <laughs> I said earlier that we have these three levels, beginner, intermediate, advanced, and we assess CX management maturity on a competency-by-competency competency basis. So you can imagine being very good in measurement, but not great at enablement, for instance. Most companies are still at the beginner level in every single competency. The competent, wow. yeah, the competency that has the lowest level of maturity overall is enablement. 88% of companies rank themselves. This isn't me right, telling them. Right. This, isn't, this, this isn't, isn't a harsh grader. This exactly. is perhaps a, you know, sort of charitable grader. Yes, indeed. 88% of companies rate themselves as at the beginner level in enablement. The one that is most mature is design, but still 73% of companies put themselves at the beginner level in design and only 6% at the advanced level. That's the rosiest picture is in design, and you can see 73%, about three-fourths of companies are still working out the basics. Do we see any upward progress or change in the assessments? We do. Year over year, we've seen a bit of improvement in design, some in culture, some in measurement, some in research. We've seen very little movement comparatively in prioritization or enablement. And one of the parts of the model we haven't talked about yet is getting mature isn't just about performing an activity, but it's about performing it in a certain way. We call these the four facets of discipline, right? It's not just about doing the thing. It's about doing it well. And that's to sort of avoid the checklist instinct of saying, we do it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, how do you do it? Exactly. How do you do it, right? You have to do it, and I won't get into the details on all these necessarily, but you have to have rigor. You have to have a cadence to the way you do things. You have to have the right level of coordination among people. 
right? The number of times companies will say, um, we don't have just one measurement program. We have seven measurement programs. Aren't More you proud of better, us? better, right? Yeah, right, exactly. No, uh, how about just the one? <laughs> and you have to have some accountability, right? So it's not just doing it, but it's doing it with rigor, cadence, coordination, accountability. And that's really what stops a lot of companies from being more mature than they are because they say, okay, we do do these things. Okay, well, how well do you do them? Uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's where we start to fall down. That sounds hard. You know, that many elements, four facets to how you do it, mm -hmm. and all of them sound reasonable, rigor, mm -hmm. cadence, accountability, um, what was the... Coordination. Coordination. And yet, I can imagine getting the rigor and cadence down and then, but, you know, to your point, it's companies are big, they have divisions, yeah. and someone else has a rogue customer metric, mm -hmm. you know, or accountability sounds great until, you know, we had a two point dip in net promoter <laughs> score. And then I'm explaining why that happened rather than being accountable or, you know, throwing out the, uh, the scores that shouldn't count in quotes. Yep, exactly. Um, how do you talk companies through that? Because that sounds like a lot. It is a lot. This is a big organizational transformation. It's really the crux of what we often tell companies, which is that CX is not a one-off thing. It's not an individual project. Providing great CX reliably and efficiently requires an organizational transformation. And that's why when we get in there and start working with clients about this, I said earlier that this model, half of the value there is figuring out the state of CX management. The other half is using it as a culture change or a transformative tool. You get everybody aligned around it, understanding this is the stuff we need to do. So I talked to a lot of executive suites about this because the CX people say, I'm trying to get my leadership to understand that uh, this is a full organizational transformation. You come talk about the model right? and sort of get them aligned around this and help them understand you're all responsible. You're all going to be a player here in this and get everybody aligned, moving in the right direction around this. And so that's why I say getting a lot of people to take the self-assessment is important because it helps them understand the breadth of what we're going to have to go for here. And, you know, this is one of the key issues in the whole discipline of CX is really taking CX from that project kind of level of thing into a big strategic transformational business imperative. That's what some CX teams are still struggling to do. Yeah. So if I can put a point on that, companies are struggling with their maturity around customer experience because they haven't elevated it. That's that right. Organizational wide business discipline. The way we say you must, if you are going to be consistently and efficiently delivering a great customer experience. That's exactly it. Yeah. So listeners, I hope you heard that and take that into account. This is a great starting point, the management maturity assessment. But it is the starting point of a conversation that I think is a difficult one because it's about when you stop paying lip service to CX and decide if you're going to start getting real. And I wish a few more companies out there would get real about the fact that they're not going to do this. I, I think mm -hmm. there's still too many companies faking it and, and pretending. That's a really interesting point because one of the things that we often say, and also to your point about not just uh, checking boxes, is we often tell companies, you don't necessarily need to master CX management. Yeah. If you want to master CX, you have to master CX management. But if you're comfortable just being occasionally okay at CX, which may be your strategy and that may be fine, yeah. then you need to do some CX management. Right. But not all the CX management. <laughs> right. right. It's an important point there. And there are angles on this where you can get really good at certain parts of it and up your game, um, especially ones that maybe for the CX team and some of their closest collaborators, they have a little more control over, mm -hmm. right? And they can, they can do that. I just think that a lot of companies are paying lip service to this in a way without really interrogating themselves about, are we going to ever elevate this to the level of discipline and seriousness that it requires to do it well 
way. Absolutely. Totally true. And the other thing that I think some of these companies need to remember too, though, is that they're already managing their CX, right? Maybe just not systematically. Nobody's starting from scratch to the extent that you have a company and have customers you are performing some level of CX management. So a lot of times it's just about finding the bright spots and building on that. You're never starting from nothing. Yeah, no, I think it's a really good point, right? You have customers and they have an experience. So you're doing something. Mm -hmm. And to your point, there are probably lots and lots of efficiencies. You know, you talked about seven different mm -hmm. measurement systems before. I've talked to so many companies that have multiple, multiple ways of mapping journeys. Mm -hmm. There are multiple interpretations of customer-centric behaviors often for different roles and teams. Mm -hmm. So just by collecting that and templatizing the best version of it or standardizing on the best mm -hmm. version of it, you gain efficiencies that are probably worth it even if nothing else is in doing mm -hmm. this, right? You just Absolutely. gain efficiencies in that respect. Absolutely. Great. Well, mm -hmm. listeners, we've posted links to some of the resources, and we'll talk to you all on next week's episode of the CX Cast. Goodbye for now. Thanks to our colleagues Amanda Chen for recording and mixing the episode and Will Wilsey for editing and publishing. And listeners, if you have questions, feedback, comments, or suggestions for new episodes, please email us at cxcast at forrester.com. And remember, your customers' perceptions are your customer experience reality.